Hello, Lash Tribe. I am here today with two amazing guests, Dee and Steve Moore from More Beautiful and Bring On Salon Success. I have known them for quite a while. They have done a lot of valuable training within any of the Lash Tribe groups, VIP groups, Life Lash Lessons, and they have actually won multiple awards, especially in the last couple of years, Nala Business of the Year, Salon of the Year. They have also won the Small Business Championships within Australia with over 2,200 entrants. So they know their stuff. Um, just watching how she ticks, actually. Stop it. This part isn't rehearsed, no. Um, I've got one. I've got one too. Which one's yours? Elves up and go, holy shit, your lashes are not so good. Um, <laughs> Fucked, basically, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, right. Julie, I didn't, I didn't say it this time. We're actually going quite deep into where do you think the lash industry is going? This is, Steve wouldn't let me sleep the other night because he had the need and the feeling that he needed to just talk about this. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for sending those questions through first, Julie. <laughs> and if you are someone who is really thinking about growing their salon that is at home currently into more of a commercial space, then you definitely need to stay on and keep on watching, keep on listening. Let's get into the video. Hi everybody and welcome back to the Lash Tribe TV podcast. I'm super excited to welcome Two really good friends, I would like to call them now, because we've known each other for a few years now. <laughs> Dee and Steve Moore from More Beautiful and Boss, Bring On The Salon Success. Hi. All the way from Darwin, up north, far north Queensland, Australia. So you guys are just hey. kicking goals everywhere. And I just wanted to have a chat to you because I know that you know, sharing your story always helps a lot of people, even if it's not like teaching something in particular. but just hearing other people's stories that are coming from like zero up to where you are now and winning awards and traveling the world now as well and speaking all over the uh, lash industry. It's just amazing. And so I've, I wanted to invite you guys to share a little bit of your journey. We're excited to be here as well. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I love doing this stuff. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. So I guess the best way to start is, before lashes, before the lash industry, because I know, Steve, you don't do lashes as such, but you're a big part of the company now. Um, but what did you guys do before you actually were involved in lashes whatsoever? And what was the turning point for you that actually made you go, oh, lashes, that's a thing. I want to get started in that. Well, that, the best way to start that is actually with your story. Um, yeah. Uh, I was where to start with that. But, I, know, yeah. um, I was working in the security industry, basically, in Brisbane. Um, and was pretty much getting sick and tired of being yelled at all the time and being um, in an angry environment all the time. And I thought, what could I do that's completely the actual opposite of that and have people not talk? And when they do talk, they only say nice things. Um, and I always loved getting all my beauty stuff done. So I decided to go get my beauty diploma done. Um, and I was getting my lashes done at the time from a lovely lady in Brisbane. Um, and thought, you know, maybe this is something that I'd like to actually branch out in because I did my beauty diploma and I didn't really find that, you know, skin was my thing or, you know, body treatments were my thing. So I still wanted to be in the beauty industry but, but do something um, a little bit different. So um, having that background in security and even before that was in call centres, so working a lot in customer service, 
Um, I want it to be in a lovely, caring, nurturing industry um, where people give you compliments about the work that you do, not just um, not getting angry at you all the time. <laughs> not yelling. All what right. about you, well, Steve? Um, yeah, for me, um, so I've done customer service since I was about 14, um, done a lot of years in call centres, um, like a lot of years, uh, and then being in supervisor roles and stuff like that, I needed a change at the time. Um, so I ended up doing fly-in, fly-out construction, which is what brought us up here to Darwin. Um, and I guess the turning point for me was... I finished doing construction and I saw how well the business was going, but the main thing for me was I saw how much D needed a hand. Um, and I guess that's where it sort of, how it happened. I sort of, I, I actually fell into it more than jumped into it. Um, but yeah, I just saw that D needed, well, D wanted a hand and I enjoyed working with, with D all the time. So yeah, I sort of stuck with it and here I am. <laughs> I know a few. There's not that many couples that actually work together. What would you say are some of the really great things that have happened to you over the years in business together? And what are some of the things where you would give people tips of what not to do, things that maybe went wrong along the way? Um, the first tip is if you don't like each other, don't work together. <laughs> <laughs> don't be um, married. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I... I just enjoy being around Dee all the time and watching her, um, just watching how she ticks, actually. Stop it. This yes. part isn't rehearsed. No. <laughs> um, I actually just watch, I love watching how Dee's mind works most of the time. Um, and I just love how she comes up with all this conceptual stuff and all this different styling and her, her artistic flair. Um, and it just, that's what I enjoy the most about it. But I just, I like being around her. I miss her. Oh, <laughs> what are, but what are some things that, you know, where do you clash? I want to know like the tea as a couple, what is the hardest part working together? It's, it ends up being all consuming. Yeah. We talk about the business, mm -hmm. even when we go on date nights now, it's like, oh, what can we do to do this? And what can we do to do that? And, and, you know, all our um, holidays now are, you know, not just holidays away, they're consumed with conferences and consumed with speaking events and, you know, which is all fantastic, which is all amazing. Like, yeah. universe, don't get me wrong, we're loving it all. But um, that can be quite tedious when Steve thinks he might know something about something more about something than I do or I think I know something more about than he does. And then that's when we clash. So as long as we stay in our own lanes, mm -hmm. then we are all good. It's smooth sailing. Yeah. That's probably, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> so you would say probably it's really important to take that time out and try to have those nights. I know things always come up. I mean, I have kids and when we have a date night, we end up talking about our kids as well. It's the same thing. <laughs> you know, rather than talking about stuff. But I guess if it's consuming you and that's what you guys do together, then it's just a natural thing to yeah, talk about. Is. And it's it exciting. Is. It, does, it does get tiring, um, mm. like just not being able to switch off. But I think it's because we both have such a passion for what we're doing, what we're building, what we're continuing to build and how we can make um, our clients feel better Mm -hmm. um, and obviously provide the most that we can. That's why we keep talking about it. Um, it's not a negative talking about it. It's just that we're, we 
we enjoy it so much that that's it consumes us. Mm. Yeah. So it's not a negative, except for the no holiday part. <laughs> you need to come to Brisbane and we'll just head off to an island resort and not talk about anything. I think there's about five, five weeks time then, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would you say, let me start off with beauty. What is your favourite part about having a salon with multiple staff? What are some of the good things about it? Being able to, the more I feel like they're all like, the people that we've um, hired, our team that we've hired, are all little versions of me in some way. So they look after the clientele in such a beautiful way and it means we can look after more people. Mm -hmm. um, when it was just me on my own and trying to work, you know, 13, 14-hour days, um, it was impossible to look after all of the people all the time. So now with more people and, you know, running a bigger salon, that you get to look after more people. That's that's I think is better that way. Um, I think it's also the fact that you can bounce off of other people as well. Like it's not, um, and this is something that actually we're talking about in Nala is working by yourself. You tend to get into habits that you don't break, um, and yeah. that can actually cause more issues than just you know it, like it. it like working by yourself can start causing mental issues um, and that's that's why it's good to have more than one person in the salon as well because yeah. you do, you can bounce off of people. If you're having a bad day, you've got someone else there to pick you up or if you're experiencing an issue, someone else can step in and go, oh, yeah, no, no, that's all right. We could do this, 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 this and this. You've, you've always got that companionship, which is a, a big human, a, part, a big part of human nature. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, being an entrepreneur itself is quite lonely. and uh, But I guess also, even though you're having a team and you can bounce off each other and you don't feel alone, it comes with a lot of work, right? So what are some of the things that you would say to someone with staff? How do you keep your staff happy? How can you ensure they stay with you? What are some tips that makes for a really good salon um, environment as a team? I would say you need to... Put your salon staff or your team members first all the time. Yeah. They need to be in the forefront of your mind. They need to be before yourself. They need to be before um, your clients that you're having come in. If you put them first and their best interests at heart and do everything with love, then they're going to stay with you. We've had our staff members three, four years now since we've been operating. Yeah. Um, and every staff member that we've had has stayed a very long time considering the industry that we're in and the burnout rate um, and the, um, the rate of turnover. As long as you keep them first, yeah. yep. then they're going to stay with you yeah. regardless. I think to add to that as well, um, like we do, we treat our girls like family. Um, and they are. Though we spend more time, well, apart from ours, yeah. but we do. We spend more time with the girls than what we do um, with our own family. So they are effectively our family. Um, I guess, and not, we don't bullshit our girls. We never have. If we're having, a, if there's a struggle in the shop or there's something going on or, you know, whatever the circumstance, we don't bullshit them. They know, I'd say, a good, probably 97% of what it is that we that is going on behind the scenes. Um, obviously, there's a couple of things we need to keep it ourselves, but 
they know everything otherwise. And the fact that they know everything changes their attitude. So they're not looking at us as going, oh, you've done this because of this, this, this. They're not making up their own stories. They're, they know the situation. So there's no gossiping. There's no, you know, backstabbing or anything like that. It's, it's just, it's made for a healthy salon. Yeah. yeah, and I think you told me also before, they kind of know about the numbers. They know yeah. that what you are doing is not to make your pockets grow and grow and grow. It's like... Why can't we? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's important. So they know that they're not just working for you to get yeah. rich, but it's like a whole team effort to keep the salon actually open. Yeah, yes. I um, So it's sort of a bit of a tangent talking about numbers. I actually got the girls, as with their permission as well, I got them as a group... Um, as a group to sit there and do their pays mm. one Monday morning. We had a, a, no, it was a Tuesday morning. We had a meeting. I got the girls to actually sit there and do their own pays and pay everyone and see what was left at the end of the week. And they're like, what <laughs> the everyone, hell? Pay everyone, pay GST, yeah. pay super, pay taxes, uh, you know, POYG, yeah, everything. Rents, everything. And they've gone, oh, yeah. how do you do this? And I'm like, well, this is why we're on, you know, this is why we talk about this stuff. And it was an eye opener for them. Like a lot of them, I think for the rest of the day had their jaws on the on the ground as they're walking around trying to work out how the hell we make things work. So Yeah. Honesty. Yeah, yeah totally. And I love that you say do it all with love. Love her. <laughs> <laughs> totally. What what would you say um are three things that you have done so right in, in building this business from yeah, being in Brisbane? up to being in Darwin, something that our listeners of viewers can also take away from building a successful salon. Like three key things that you I've think got, I'm I've got one. I've got one too. Okay, which, one which one's yours? Get a business <laughs> coach. ASAP. Get a business coach. That was the best thing we ever did right at the yeah. beginning of starting out when all I was doing was like, I think I was starting out from... Um, beauty therapy college and I was like doing $19 facials and, <laughs> just, and like $8 Brazilian waxes and stuff like this. I've still got my old um, price list and they're, they're horrifying to look at. So get a business coach. That is hands down the best thing that you yeah. can do when you're starting out. No. You're never too small to get a business coach. I'll agree yeah. with that. And there's, all, there's yeah. business coaches out there that, that, that are for startups and everything like that. I was going to say it's actually customer service. Um, if you can, obviously coming from the customer service background myself, but as long as that was the one thing that we always planned, or that was the one thing that we always stuck with when we started the salon was the the customer, not the customer's always right, but our customer has to have an experience. If they don't have the experience, what's stopping them from going down two doors down and going to another shop or, you know, the next suburb over, it was that experience and that customer service that's that for me is what we've nailed and we continue to nail yeah probably the other thing would be um if you're working from home get out of home asap <laughs> it ends up blurring a lot of the lines for you and you feel like you're never away from work and yes it's great when you're starting out and i and i appreciate that but if you want to grow into any sort of bigger business working from home is just going to end up doing your head in and mentally yeah. it's not a good place for you to be and also legally i think you are not allowed to have more than like one person working for you in your own home yeah there's yeah. a few legal implications involved too yeah 
Yeah, there is. I think I don't think you can. I think you're allowed to have one staff member, but you also have to have uh, dedicated parking as well. So as soon yeah. as you want to yes. grow, and yeah, it's yeah, it's just easier. I know it sounds harder, but it's just easier. Well, yes, and I guess if you don't have that entrepreneurial bone in your body and you just want to work from home and do your money and yeah. you're happy with that, that's great, you know. Yeah, yeah go for it. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I totally agree. Thinking back, what are some things that you haven't done right, if anything? What's that? Oh like? yeah, where's the list? Um, <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Um... When, when we originally, how More Beautiful started was we bought, um, I bought a business of someone in Brisbane that come to find out after I paid for it, that wasn't actually a business. So I bought basically thin air, um, lost the money, spent a lot of money with lawyers trying to get the money back. Um, and it was just terrible. So um, that, that was our welcome to business. That was our welcome to oh. business. I would have loved to have researched that a little bit more um, and put that money into our own business rather than into someone else's. So that's research anything that you're about to step into, um, whether it be bringing on a new treatment, like this whole brow lamination thing is huge at the moment. So don't just do it because everybody else is doing it. Do your research, work out, do you want to do it? Is it right for you? Is it right for your clientele? all that type of stuff. So do your research when it comes to anything that you're stepping out into. Yeah. Um, probably the other uh, money, because I'm factual, money. We spent a lot of money on things that we either didn't need to at the time, um, things that we still don't need at the time, at, even now. Um, we were of the mentality that we just throw money at it and it'll go away, and that's not always the case. Uh, or throw money at it and makes life better. That's not always the case. Um, I think if we had our time to do it over again. And know your numbers from the get-go. I didn't yeah. know my numbers until Steve jumped on board. I just thought everything was amazing and, you know, $69 full sets were great. <laughs> no. <laughs> they weren't. No. <laughs> um, so knowing your numbers right from the beginning. And it just it comes back to our motto, which is start how you mean to yeah. go on. Always start. No matter, you know, you might be a little tiny home salon or you might be a commercial salon with 12 people and, you know, 20 staff. Start how you mean to go on and look at your numbers, look at your pricing, look at, you know, the way you're treating your clients, the way you're dealing with your clients. Every single, you know, part of it, you know, pretend that when you're in your home salon, go to your local council, find out what your, you know, terms and conditions are from working from home. Just because you're small doesn't mean you don't, need to look after yeah. yourself yeah yeah even even with the home salons obviously there's regulations and everything to actually operate from home so it's very important to make sure you know what you're doing there yeah yeah absolutely love it thank you what would you say are some motivations that have you keep going in the industry because it can be quite cutthroat yeah <laughs> it's so cutthroat it really is yeah um quality over quantity that is our, we prefer, our, like we were saying before, our customer service um, and our motivation is to make the quality that we produce and the quality of the lash artist out there, even our staff, even our you know, staff and our dream team that you know, we look after, we want to make sure that we are teaching them to be the very best lash artists and beauty therapists they can be. So, we, you know, we're not delusional. They're not going to stay with us for 20 years. Well, we hope they would, but... 
they're not going to stay with us for 20 years, but we hope that the next salon that they go to, they are looking after their clientele and their, you know, their workmates and their, you know, bosses the same way that they looked after us. They're producing high quality people out there into the world to, to spread their wings. Yeah, I love that. Quality is so important because that will kind of ensure that you're always on the ball as well yeah. and you always want to better yourself, which means you're moving forward. Yeah, this kind of motivation. Yeah, awesome. Anything else that? And I think we've made we've made so many mistakes along the way. Mm. Um, I know you know. I always say when you see people like this and they're you know talking on a video or a podcast or they're talking up on stage, it's like Facebook. You know, we're only you know nine times out of ten we're only going to tell you the most amazing things that have happened and how. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, everything is picture perfect. And, but it's you know behind the scenes, there's been a lot of mistakes that we've made. There's been a lot of things that we've done wrong as well as right um so we want to help people not make those same mistakes you know if you know we can help one person not buy a dodgy business and lose thousands of dollars right at the beginning of their career you know we'd love to help someone do that <laughs> so that's um, the thing how did you get into that because you are now actually helping others coaching them also a lot with the numbers and actually charging your worth and the business side of things, all the marketing, social media. How did you start coaching others, other salons? We we kind of got asked a lot. We found that we were getting asked a lot of questions. Um, we found that we were getting speaking events. We found that we were winning quite a lot of awards. So we thought, well, maybe this is some information that maybe people this, maybe the, Maybe we actually have knowledge that people want. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah. I guess that was... Which know, is our totally, motivation as well, to yeah. try and help other salon owners out there to try to help them not make the mistakes that we make. Cost as much money as what we yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I guess we sort of we did really fall into the coaching side of or the mentoring side as well, yeah. didn't we? It wasn't mm -hmm. something that we planned. It just we thought, well, we were getting asked a lot of questions, a lot of people really valuing the the, the information that we had that we've got stored up and and I guess yeah, we just sort of gone, well let's put it together as a course because this needs the world needs to know about this this is um you know we like to think that we are real enough that people can go holy shit you know they actually did you know they've been kicked while they've been down and and their highs have been great but you know they're, they're actually willing to talk about the stuff that the real stuff yeah, yeah that other people don't so Motivation, hashtag want to fly first class everywhere as well, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> that, but, is my, that is my big one. Yeah. Do you want to uh, quickly leave your shameless plug here? Where can people find out more about that? If you, um, so we're from BOSS. Uh, BOSS stands for Bring On Salon Success. So if you head to bringonsalonsuccess.com, um, you'll find a whole heap of information. Uh, yeah, as well. We're trying to, drop, us, so, yeah, yeah. trying to drop courses uh, as much as we physically can, as fast as we physically can. Yeah, that's awesome. Where do you see this whole industry going in the next few years? Not just your salon, but the industry. This you is know. Steve. This is Steve. Wouldn't let me sleep the other night because he had the need and the feeling that he needed to just talk about this. Yeah, thank, thank, thanks for sending those questions through first, Julia. <laughs> um, look. I have to be brutally honest with this and I'm not looking positively at the lash industry. Um, I'm, what I'm seeing is an oversaturation of the market and the quality is not there. 
Um, it's sort of like what's happened with hairdressers. So, you know, you've got, you get your really, really good hairdressers and there's always going to be amazing hairdressers or lash harvests. Um, and then you get your run of the mill, you know, your $10 men's cuts or your $20 men's cuts. Unfortunately, that's what I'm seeing with the lash industry. Um, people are not actually aware of what they should be charging when it comes to lash extensions and, the, and, and how to charge their actual worth. Mm. Minimum. At the end of it, at the end of the day, a lash set of lash extensions shouldn't be any less than a hundred dollars. But yet, there's people out there charging, you know, classic sets for sixty. That's just it's bringing the industry down. Unfortunately, there's still going to be big names in the industry. There's still going to be big companies and those major salons. But it's also um, the customers are driving those prices down, or, or the people that visit are driving those prices down, and that's what's hurting the industry at the moment. I don't. I know the industry is going to be here for a long time. I just don't know to what capacity and that, that actually worries me. Mm, what is your thought about that, Dee? Um, I'm very, very similar opinion as Dee. Unfortunately, I think it's not going in a very positive direction. I think it's going, he says hairdressing, I, says, I say nail industry where, um, you know, yes, you will always have those amazing salons um, and people that are, willing to pay that price because they understand, you know, that it's extremely important to have, you know, um, hygiene and extremely important for the health of, you know, your lashes or your nails. Um, but the oversaturation of really cheap courses that are out there where you can do, you know, a day course for 300 bucks is just sending the wrong message out there to the yeah. consumers that unfortunately, you know, we don't value ourselves. So why should you value us either? Do you think it starts with the training to teach lash artists or is there a part where you need to educate the clients somehow outside of this industry? Reaching um, I think it's a lot easier to, um, to teach or to inform the trainers and the teachers rather than the consumers. The consumers will go wherever they want, whenever they yeah. want. I'll sort of agree and disagree on that one. Um, Agree that the, the the customers are going to go wherever they want to go. That's just that's just human nature. People are going to go where they they go or where they feel um, you know that they're most needed. Mm. I think I think the training needs to be beefed up, and I think there actually needs to be a business like an actual full day of business coursing in the last training for yeah, people that are actually going to be owners. Um, I think there needs to be education on that side. I also find, so as much as it, it is needed to educate the trainers and the people delivering the courses, I think the customers need to be, um, I think the customers need to be educated as well. I find a lot of people will come in because um, we offer lash checkups. So they'll come in, they'll get the lashes checked and then after, you know, we sort of pick ourselves up and go, holy shit, your lashes are not so good. Um, <laughs> Fucked, basically, yeah. <laughs> thanks, right. Julie. I didn't, I didn't say it this time. Um, <laughs> yeah, so once once we console ourselves and, and, and work out that, you know, holy shit, your lashes are actually damaged because of this other lash tag, and we educate them on, the, on, on how intricate lash extensions are and how vastly so different... to educate them? Whose job but is it to educate we, we the turn them the, the client. I think it's the people that are actually serious in the industry. I think it is the, the, the salon owners that are in, um, that are serious about changing this industry need to educate the clients. Those people that come in that are not 
that have those lashes on that you, you cringe at when you look at them, once you start educating them, they go, holy shit, that $60 that I spent on that lash that's actually going to cost me my natural lashes and I'm not going to have natural lashes in 6, 12, 18 months' time if I keep going the way I am. And then we turn them into, well, you know, through education, you turn them into a lawyer client because they look at you and they go, holy shit, you actually know what you're talking about. You're not just here to take my money. I don't care how much you're going to charge because I know that you've got my safety in the forefront of your mind. Mm. But, yeah. you know, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say just the amount of people that we've changed or that, I've, or that we've converted over from the cheap home salons or, you know, the, the back alley sort of salons to to us or to even to other reputable um, lashing and it, lashing salons has been incredible. Like we've made some yeah. real loyal clients out of just education. But I think that it really takes the right people to do that because there will always be people who want to cut corners. They learn off YouTube and they go do a half a day course. And I think now is the right time for people to be really serious about it, get a business coach and learn everything there is to know to become that salon that is stable in years to come. Because yes. if, if you don't do it now, I agree with you guys. If the salons don't do it now and they don't get that clientele that will come back time and time again, in two or three years' time, I don't think they will have a chance. No, that's right. I think, yeah, yeah I think the, I was actually funny you should start talking about this, but um, I was actually looking at um, stats last night and 2017 was the peak of lash extensions mm -hmm. and now it's dropping off significantly. So I think for having an established business back then, it's it's a lot easier to have and keep your customers from then than trying to start them now. Right. I know. You guys yeah. did it right. <laughs> right timing. Woo. That is the topic. I would love to talk about that for hours and hours and get like lots of people involved and talk about it. That might be an extra podcast to do. I'll invite you back with a few other people to chat about yeah. it. Um, are you guys ready for your yes? Are you ready for the rapid fire question? Yes. No. I have to... <laughs> Okay, D and then Steve. Ready? Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Pizza. Beach or sightseeing? Beach. Beach. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. What do you do in your free time? Watch Netflix. <laughs> Sleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> while well, do you watch Netflix? Well, yeah. watch Netflix. I'm usually asleep on her lap. Yep. I love it. Sounds more like my marriage. <laughs> Sun or rain? rain? Rain. Oh, I love it. Because uh, you live in Darwin, of course. You would yep. love to have some rain. Okay, I will ask you a question and then I will ask you a different question afterwards because it doesn't really okay. apply to you that way. Anyway, D. Justin Bieber or Sean Mendes? Sean Mendes. Christina Aguilera or Beyonce? Christina. Yeah. Uh, classic or volume? Volume. Ooh, I like classic. Mmm, nice. <laughs> so together we are hybrid. Oh. <laughs> I love it. That's a good one. I like that. that that's a good yeah. one. Action movie or romantic comedy? Action. Action. Same. And the last question. One thing that is really special about you that people may not know, like any hidden talents or anything that people may not know. I mean, you guys know from each other maybe, but something that you maybe have not shared. I love DJing. Oh, 
That's awesome. And loud music <laughs> when I'm doing it. Yeah. 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 Probably working on cars. I was about to say yeah. that to you. Oh, yeah. You can get together yeah. with my hubby. Oh, uh, yeah. I like getting yeah. greasy and doing stuff that doesn't need to be done. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's like any husband. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, guys, for joining me. This was really fun. And I know you have to go because one of your staff members is sick. So thank you so much. Hashtag <laughs> And again, if you want to get in contact with Steve or D, I mean, you guys are on Facebook um, under more beautiful and also um, bring on salon success.com. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so Thanks, much, Julia. Julia. So much fun. Bye.